to four in the Amplified Translation. It says, first of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior, who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the divine truth. In the times that we're in, we've seen a lot of misconceptions and, mis and distortion of the truth all across the world. So when you, when you see what the Bible is saying about this kind of prayer, you know that it is a weapon for these last days. I want to read in the message translation. It says, the first thing I want you to do is pray. Pray every way you know how, for everyone you know. Pray especially for rulers and their governments to rule well so we can be quietly about our business of living simple, simply in humble contemplation. This is the way our savior God wants us to live. He wants not only us, but everyone saved, you know, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned. Praise God. We're gonna be praying as customary for all leaders all around the world, using your country where you live or where you work, where you do business as a point of contact. And also for all men, using your family, your loved ones, neighbors, colleagues, relatives as points of contact, intercede that all men will come to the knowledge of Christ, intercede that the truth of the gospel penetrates all hearts of men, all human habitations all around the world. At this point, please unmute your mic and pray. Pray intensely in other tongues as though this yeah, thing depends on you. Thank <laughs> you. 
Praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you, hallelujah. We thank you for all 
Amen, hallelujah. We thank you for the presidents in our nations, hallelujah. And we use them as a point of contact to pray, hallelujah, for everyone in the nation, hallelujah. Use them as a point of contact to pray for all the leaders, hallelujah. And we ask that, Father, you pour out your spirit of salvation upon every nation, bringing many to salvation and to the knowledge of truth, hallelujah. We pray, hallelujah, that your name is glorified in every nation, hallelujah, that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Oh, we pray in the name of Jesus. We rebuke and restrain every force of evil in every nation, in every country. We rebuke evil spirits of anarchy, violence, and war in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, we cut down Satan and his demons of darkness from every nation, and we bring the ministry of angels into every nation and country in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, my people, we say good triumphs over evil and righteousness prevails. We pray for the leaders that they walk in wisdom, hallelujah, in the knowledge of your word. They walk in your perfect view. We cut off every influence or every negative influence that rubs up on their decisions. And we say they are guided by your truth to make the right decisions. In the name of Jesus, we say the bad ones will lose their influence. Yes, righteousness prevails. What a quick work we are doing in this time, hallelujah. By your spirit, hallelujah. We dispatch ministry angels to every nation. Gospel prevails. The gospel prevails. In the name of Jesus, oh, your light shines water. Oh, we give you all the glory. Hallelujah. We thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, um, Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Thank you so much. Um, I'll hand over to Sister Maka right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, the Princess. Happy new month of grace, everybody. Glory. Glory. I want to hear your shout. Glory. 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 Hallelujah, praise God. You know, um, we're going to be doing a study on grace um, throughout the month. And we're going to take it gradually a day at a time. We're going to do an in-depth study on grace. We're going to listen to messages on grace. We're going to um, study materials on grace. And we're going to do a Bible, intense Bible study on grace, everywhere that grace was used, what did it mean? What was God saying? What was an apostle trying to communicate? There are many scriptures about grace. We're going to do a study so that by the time we're done with February, when people say grace, they would think about you. And that is what is going to be your experience because there's more grace. There's more grace, grace for everything. All our heart desires. In fact, you know, when I was thinking about today's meeting, the Spirit of God said, 
when we are going to be breaking bread today, which I want you to get ready for, he said, anything, anything that you desire, at that point, as you break that bread, he said, it is done. It is sealed. It's going to be a seal. You know, I was just excited that we break bread every day, you know, in this place. Praise God. Today's Rhapsody is one that is very exciting. You know, I, 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 I saw it, I think it was like past 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. when I woke up and I'm, I've, I've basically been screaming on the inside. Praise God. It says, you have a permanent mercy seat with emphasis on the word permanent. Wow. Monday, 8 February. 2021 and our opening scripture is taken from romans 3 and verse 25 it's a whom god had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of god you know, sometimes if you want to really understand scriptures like this you may want to read it in another translation praise god but that's up to you, you know, because um, Pastor Larry, one of our pastors used to say, study Rhapsody, don't just read it. Because for me, when I read a scripture like this, there are a lot of words. There's propitiation, there's remission, there's forbearance. I want to get the, to the nitty gritty. I want to understand what God is saying. So I'll go to scriptures like Message, NLT, the Living Bible Translation, Amplified. You know, I want to see that particular verse in different translations so that I get the message in full. That's what it means to study. What we do here most times is that we read it, but actually you should study. You should have a hard copy that you can highlight, you can underline, you can write inside the Rhapsody as the rema that you receive as you read it. This is how to, <laughs> this is how to use Rhapsody, praise God. There are those who try out all sorts of rituals to receive remission of sins. Some even inflict harsh wounds on themselves, trying to pay for their sins by their own blood or their own suffering. But all that is futile. If this has been your journey of experience or experience, stop in your tracks. Stop the struggle Jesus has paid for you. You know, sometimes you do something wrong and you feel like, even as a Christian, you just feel like, ah, Kai, Amaka, are you serious? You this leader, you mean you did this? You that you are leading people in different parts of the world, you did this. Forget it. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Tell yourself, Amaka, Jesus paid it all. It says, stop the struggle. Jesus has paid for you. The Bible says he was set forth to be the appeasement for your sins. That's another word for propitiation. The Greek word translated propitiation in our theme verse is hilasterion. And it means the place of mercy or mercy seat. In the Old Testament, the mercy seat was the covering of the ark of God. God met there with the high priest and his presence was on the mercy seat. But today, Jesus Christ is God's place of mercy for us. He's the mercy seat, the medium of expiation. 
Jesus was set forth for that purpose so that God would declare his own righteousness for letting sinners go free. You have a permanent mercy seat, Christ Jesus. This is different from the one that the high priest went into every year in the Old Testament. You know, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, if Jesus is my mercy seat and then Jesus lives inside of me, higher. I'm a carrier of mercy. No wonder he said that the one to whom will forgive sins, that one sins is forgiven. Because we carry the mercy seat on our inside. Everywhere we go, mercy goes. So we can, we can pardon a nation. This is why we can intercede over for a nation. And God's intention of maybe destruction for that nation can be reverted because we carry the mercy seat on the inside of us. In the Old Testament, the high priest offered the sacrificial lamb and confess the sins of the people over the scapegoat. But the following year, there was a remembrance of their sins again. The sins that were past couldn't be remitted. The Bible says, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Hebrews 10, three to four. It's trying to tell us that back in the days, you know, God, God the sin offering was always a goat. And um, I wonder why is it goat? I think the goats are very, very stubborn. That's why. <laughs> so it was always a goat. And, you know, it, it was it was a sin offering that would only appease for a year. So after a year, all the sins came back crying. Ah, 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 all the sins on the people. And then they had to. Um, um, do another sacrifice for those sins. So it was every year. But the beautiful thing about the blood of Christ is that it did not just pay for past sins, it paid for present sins and future sins. When you mature in Christ, see, to love God is not to do wrong. When you love somebody, you don't want to hurt the person. You know, so um, when, when, when um, 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 Paul was saying in Romans 6 verse 1, he said, do we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. What I was trying to tell you is that the grace that we have even received in Christ Jesus is so much that our love for him will make, him, will make us not continue doing the wrong things. When you love somebody, even when you hurt the person you hurt, so you, you just find yourself in that place where you, you, you don't want to hurt the person. You want to do everything to make the person happy. So that Jesus paid for past, present, and future sin doesn't mean that we just live anyhow and behave anyhow all because there's mercy. And yes, there's actually mercy no matter what you do. This is the understanding of Christianity that religious people cannot fathom. And that is why Christianity is not a religion. Forget that we get to few forms and they say, what is your religion? And then you put Christianity there. Christianity over the years in the present world has been classified as a religion, but it is not. Religion is man looking for God. In Christianity, man wasn't looking for God. God came looking for man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But the Apostle Paul declared, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things. And by him, Jesus, all that believe are justified from all things. And by him, Jesus, Amaka was justified from all things with emphasis on all, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Act 13. 
38 to 39. He offered to God a perfect sacrifice for all time and eternity. A perfect sacrifice for all time and eternity, such that there will be no more remembrance of sin. You know, um, there's this song we used to sing back then. We say, um, the things I used to do, I do them no more. No, 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 that's not. You are saying that you are the same person and then you stopped doing the bad things. No, the man who comes to Christ is not a, a bad man that, was, that became a good man. The one who comes to Christ is a new creation. He did not exist in the past. He's a new birth. That's why it's called being born again. When you give birth to a child, that means the child had not existed in this world before. The child was born into this world as a new human being. The same way when you get born again, there was no past to you that became a good person. You ceased to exist. You were born into a new world and the former man ceased to exist. So he said that there's no more remembrance of sin because you did the, the past man did not exist. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Receive it for yourself and preach it to those in your world. Praise God. See, the gospel according to Christ is a <laughs> this is why we go about knocking on people's doors, like somebody called it yesterday, um, not a door knocking gospel. This is why we go about preaching the gospel because many people have an erroneous assumption and belief of what the gospel is, but it is not what it is they think it is. And we must preach the accurate gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to those in our world. If there's one thing I've been doing, as I'm winning souls, I'm inviting them to actually join us in this devotion because I know that if they, if they are here for one month, I know that they will learn the right things, the right doctrines of Christianity. And I know that it's going to be a way for them to grow very fast. So if you're also winning souls, feel free to send them this link on a daily basis. Let them join and let them learn and let them grow. So it says, receive it for yourself. Preach it to those in your world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Over to you, Sister Joy, for the further study and the confession. Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. Wow. Thank you so much, Ma, for that inspiring ministration. Thank you, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ma. Good, good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. So we're going to be taking the further study, starting with Hebrews 10, 11 to 14. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Galatians 4.45, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And finally, Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Hallelujah. Um, right now, we're going to be taking the confession. You don't have to unmute yourself. Just um, we can take it along or you repeat after me, wherever you are. But you don't have to unmute. The confession is on the screen. I've been justified, declared righteous freely, 
by the grace of Jesus Christ. Through the redemption that's in his blood, he is my mercy seat. Righteousness has been credited, righteousness ha has been credited to my account because I was born in Christ. Into his mercy and grace, I've been declared not guilty because Jesus was delivered to death for my offenses and raised back to life for my acquaintance. Blessed be his name forever. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zier as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Sister Joy. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Depends on where you're connecting from. Um, we've been reading the message, the message translation, the New Testament, the Bible reading of the New Testament. Yesterday, we started from Matthew chapter 26, and um, we, we saw the pastor, the, um, Jesus, in the confession table with the disciples. Today, we're jumping into chapter verse 31, and the title reads, Get many. Then Jesus told them, Before the night's over, you are going to fall to pieces because of what happened to me. There is a scripture that says, I will strike the shepherd, helter-skelter, the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I, your shepherd, will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter broke in. Even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. <laughs> Don't be so sure, Jesus said. This very night, before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. Peter protested. Even if I had to die with you, I will never deny you. All the others said the same thing. Then Jesus went with them to a garden called Gethsemane and told his disciples, stay here where I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he plunged into an agonizing sorrow. Then he said, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. Going a little ahead, he fell on his face, praying, My father, if there is any way, get me out of this. But please, not what I want. You, what do you want? When he came back to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, Can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert, be in prayer, so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you are in danger. There is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, but there's another part that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. You know, this is so significant. You know, Jesus is teaching his disciples what prayer can do. Um, same thing in our, in our lives, in the midst of all the chaos, all the doubts that we're going through that's happening around us. When we stay in the place of prayer, you know, what we, we don't feel like doing what we, what, we, what we feel lazy about doing, we're going to get the strength, we're going to get the encouragement to be able to do it. Praise God. Verse 42, he then left them a second time. Again, he prayed, my father, if there is no other way than this, drinking this cup to the dregs, I am ready. Do it your way. This was Jesus saying, 
not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And this is what each and every one of us has to come to that point of when God has put something in your heart to do, has given you an instruction, no matter how difficult, because Jesus was, he's going to the cross, was going to get him separated from the Father. And he was seen, was going to be laid upon him. And the Father was going to turn his eyes away from him. And that was what Jesus did not want to experience, being separated from his Father. So he was like, if there's any other way, Lord, let it, let it happen. But in other words, let your will be done. And we have to get to that point that no matter what, the instructions of God is what we follow through it. Verse 43 says, when he came back, he again found them asleep, sound asleep. They simply couldn't keep their eyes open. This time, he let them sleep on and went back a third time to pray, going over the same ground one last time. When he came back the next time, he said, are you going to sleep on and make a night of it? My time is up. The son of man is about to be handed over to the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's get going. My betrayer is here with swords and clubs. The words were barely out of his mouth when Judas, the one from the 12, showed up. With him, a gang from the high priest and religious leaders, brandishing swords and clubs. The betrayer had walked out a sign with them. The one I kiss, that's the one, seize him. He went straight to Jesus, greeted him. How are you, Rabbi? And kissed him. Jesus said, friend, why this charade? Then, came, then they came on him, grabbed him, and roughed him up. One of those with Jesus pulled his sword and taking a swing at the chief priest servant, cut off his ear. Jesus said, put your sword back where it belongs. All who use swords are destroyed by swords. Don't you realize that I'm able right now to call to my father and 12 companies, more if I want, of fighting angels will be here, battle ready. You know, the way of God is different from the way we want to approach matter. But if I did that, how would the scriptures come true? that says this is the way it has to be done. Verse 55, then Jesus addressed the mob. What is this coming, up, coming out after me with swords and clubs as if I was a dangerous criminal? Day after day, I have been sitting in the temple teaching and you never so much as lifted a hand against me. You have done it this way to confirm and fulfill the prophetic writings. Then all the disciples caught and ran. Even Peter, I <laughs> say you stay with him. False charges. The gang that seized Jesus led him before Cephas, the, the chief priest. When the religion scholars... I, say, I think that's the end of today's Bible study for the New Testament. Praise God. Thank you so much, various things, Sister Amaka. I'll be handing over to Brother John for the Book of Exodus. Thank you very much, Brother Dozier. So it's becoming very interesting. So we are just flowing. Praise God. So we move to the <laughs> we move to Exodus. Uh, Exodus thirty-four. This was after um, Moses had gotten angry at what the children of Israel did and um, broke the tablets of our stone. So from verse 1, God spoke to Moses, cut out 
two tablets of stone, just like the originals, and engrave on them the words that were on the original tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb Mount Sinai and get set to meet me on top of the mountain. Not a soul is to go with you. Whole mountain must be clear of people, even animals, and not even sheep or oxen can be grazing in front of the mountain. Verse 4. So Moses cut two tablets of stone, just like the originals. He got up early in the morning and climbed Mount Sinai as God had commanded him, carrying the two tablets of stone. God descended in the cloud and took up his position there beside him and called out the name God. God passed in front of him and called out God, God, a God of mercy and grace, endlessly patient, so much love, so deeply true, loyal in love for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Still, he doesn't ignore sin. He holds sons and grandsons responsible for a father's sins to the third and even fourth generation. At once, Moses fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Please, O Master, if you see anything good in me, please, Master, travel with us. Hard-headed as these people are, forgive our iniquity and sin. Own us, possess us. Instead, God said, as of right now, I'm making a covenant with you in full sight of your people. I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth, in any nation. And all the people with whom you are living will see how tremendous God's work is. The work I will do for, for you. Take careful note of all I command you today. I'm clearing your way by driving out Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Stay vigilant. Don't let down your guard, lest you make covenants with the people who live in the land that you are entering, and they trip you up. Verse 13. Tear down their altars, smash their phallic pillars, chop down their fertility poles. Don't worship any other god. God, his name is the jealous one. He is a jealous god. Be careful that you don't make a covenant with the people who live in the land and take up with their sex and religion life. Join them in meals at their altars. Marry your sons to their women, women who take up with any convenient god or goddess and will get your sons to do the same thing. Don't make mountain gods for yourself. Keep the feast of unraised bread. Eat only unraised bread for seven days in the month of Abib. It was in the month of Abib that you came out of Egypt. Every firstborn from the womb is mine. All the male of your herds, your firstborn oxen and sheep, redeem your firstborn donkey with a lamb. If you don't redeem it, you must break its neck. Redeem each of your firstborn sons. No one is to show up in my presence empty-handed. Walk six days and rest the seventh. Stop walking even during plowing and harvesting. Wow. Keep the feast of, of weeks with the first cutting of the wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the turn of the year. 
all your men are to appear before the master, the God of Israel, three times a year. You won't have to worry about your land when you appear before your God three times each year. But drive out the nations before you and give you plenty of land. Nobody's going to be hanging around plotting ways to get it from you. Don't mix the blood of my sacrifices with anything fermented. Don't leave leftovers from the Passover feast until morning. Bring the finest of the first fruits of your produce to the house of your God. Don't boil a kid in his mother's milk. God said to Moses, now write down these words, for by these words I have made a covenant with you and Israel. Moses was there with God 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat any food. He didn't drink any water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the ten words. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, carrying the two tablets of the testimony, he didn't know that the skin of his face glowed because he had been speaking with God. Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, saw his radiant face and held back, afraid to get close to him. Moses called out to them, Aaron and the leaders in the community came back and Moses talked with them. Later, all the Israelites came up to him and he passed on the commands, everything that God had told him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But when he went into the presence of God to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. When he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they would see Moses' face its skin glowing, and then he would again put the veil on his face until he went back in to speak with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, Brother John. Thank you also, Brother Jose, for the Bible reading. Um... So I was thinking, uh, our Bible, our Bible um, coordinators, Bible reading coordinators, I think that once every day, you're going to ask us a question from the passage that you read on the group when we're done. And then um, the goal is to help us um, to, to check that we have understood what was read and to also help us um, come to more understanding as we share. So um, you can maybe after the class, go through the passage again and then look at um, what question you want to ask us from the passage that you read. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then in answering the question, no, um, we must answer every question with a, a scriptural backing. Yeah, it has to be by the word of God, not what we think. Yes, yeah, so... Um, God, God, God doesn't give you rema that is not in line with this written word of God. He's always aligned with His word. So, if we're answering any question, it cannot be by what we think or by what we have seen other people do. Let it be by the scriptures. Praise God. Okay, Exodus thirty-five. Building the place of worship. Moses spoke to the entire congregation. saying, these are the things that God has commanded you to do. Walk six days, but the seventh day will be a holy rest day. God's holy rest day. Anyone who walks on this day must be put to death. 
don't light any fires in your homes on the Sabbath day. I'm just wondering, rest was so was this important to God? Of course, on the on this Sabbath day, they also worshipped God. And then somebody will say that they don't want to go to church on Sunday. This is the, the, the Old Testament. And God was saying that the penalty for not taking that day off work, he called it a holy rest day because he was the arrest. So when he was saying rest, he was not saying that, he was not necessarily saying sleep all day. He was saying holy rest. That means come and spend time with me. That's what he was trying to tell the children of Israel. If this was a law for the Old Testament brethren, of course, we've received grace. And, you know, um, um, you know, it, 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 grace, grace means anything. Go- Sometimes it, it feels like anything goes. But when you, you know, I was saying that as we read the Old Testament, we will see the mindset of God. We will see the nature of God. We will see how he thinks, how he wants things done. We'll see his character. We'll see the expression of his personality. And you can tell the things that matter to God. This is not the first time God is saying this. If you guys have been following the the reading, right? It's not the first time he's saying this. So he's saying that anyone who walks on this day must be put to death. Then a Christian will be arguing whether I must go to church. In the Old Testament, it was addressed. But I'm, I'm saying this so that it draws your mind to the fact that God is not joking when he says you should come to his presence on a particular day because you will find rest in his presence. He wants you to gather with the believers. Praise God. He said, anyone who walks on this day must be put to death. Don't light any fires in your homes on the Sabbath day. The offerings, Moses spoke to the entire congregation of Israel saying, this is what God has commanded. Gather from among you an offering for God. Okay, the Holy Spirit is drawing my attention to something. If you're going to church, be early to church. Be early to church. This, the, I, I, I think this is for somebody. If your service is by 8 a.m., don't be strolling into church by 10 a.m. It doesn't count with God. That service doesn't count with God. If he told you to show up by 8, he was there before 8. And he also came with a gift for you. So God is talking to somebody in this new year. If there's one thing you must change, change going late to church. If your service is 8 a.m., if you can get there 15 minutes to 8, sit down and be speaking in tongues for the 15 minutes before the service starts. If the president of your nation had invited you for an 8 a.m. meeting, I'm sure you'd be there for 6.30 Many of us relate with God like he were a man. We, we don't even relate with him like we even treat certain men. A lot of times, people that are older than us will give us a time and we'll show up before that time. Then God gives you a time to come to his house and then you're strolling in two hours later. You're strolling in one hour later. And there's no consciousness of being in a hurry. God is saying we should correct it. And if you fall into that category, change. Praise God. The offerings. Moses spoke to the entire congregation of Israel saying, this is what God has commanded. Gather from among you an offering for God. Receive on God's behalf what everyone is willing to give as an offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hairs, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, Dolphin skins, acacia wood, lamp oil, spices for anointing 
anointing oils and for frag fra fragrant incense, onyx stones and other stones for setting in the effort and the breast piece. Come, all of you who have skills, come and make everything that God has commanded. Look at this. He said, come, all of you who have skills. Remember, do you guys remember when we read that passage when he was saying that everyone who is interested, everyone who has a desire, he said he will give them the skill, right? Remember, we, we read it like a few days ago, if not yet, either yesterday or two days ago. And then now Moses is saying, come, all of you who have skills. Do you know that God can give you a skill and you would not use it for him? Because somebody in this list can can hear the call of Moses and say, um, no, 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 um, Moses is not talking to me. Many of us have great skills, but it is not felt in the house of God. Brothers and sisters, you see all that talent and all that giftings that you are putting into that your organization, that international multi, that, that, that um, multi-corporation that you are working in, multinationals, as some of you call it, you put in everything there, they ask you to come and do something in church. They will beg and beg you and beg you. You have skill. It is not being used in the house of God. Worse than before God, it is God that gave you that skill. It's a come. It's because as we read the Bible, be seeing your, let, let, don't act like we're reading a story. Act like God is talking to you. See yourself in the scriptures. Come, all of you who have skills, come and make everything that God has commanded. The dwelling with its tent and cover, its hooks, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the chest with its poles, the atonement cover and veiling cotton, the table with its poles and implements, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand for giving light with its furnishings and lamp and the oils and the oil for lighting, the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, incense, the screen for the door at the entrance to the dwelling, the altar of burnt, whole burnt offering with its bronze grate and poles and all its implements, the wash basin with its base, the tapestry hangings for the courtyard with the post and bases, the screen for the courtyard gate, the pegs for the dwelling, the pegs for the courtyard with their cords, the official vestment for ministering in the holy place, the sacred vestment for Aaron the priest and for his son serving as priest. So everyone in the community of Israel left the presence of Moses. Then they came back. Everyone left. Then they came back. Everyone whose heart was roused, whose spirit was freely responsive, bringing offerings to God for building the tent of meeting, furnishing it for worship and making the holy vestment. They came, both men and women, all the willing spirits among them, offering brooches, earrings, rings, necklaces, anything made of gold offering up their gold jewelry to God. Now I want to bring to your attention that at this time, gold and silver were actually what we use, we know as money today. So when he said that they brought their gold, he was telling you that they brought their money. They brought the most valuable thing to them. So today when we say, oh, we are giving for this in the house of God. Some people think that, oh, we're giving to men of God. Who did they bring it to? They brought it to Moses. 
and Moses was the priest of God at the time. So when you say you want to give and you give in the house of God, leave it. Don't think about how the thing is going to be used. You have given as God has called. Leave it. One of my leaders will say, if it's Pastor Chris that wants to eat my money, then let him eat my money now. That does the man look poor to you? Does the, does the man of God look like he's looking for your money? How much of your money can, can, can sustain him? If you know how much we use as a ministry on a daily basis, you'll be humble about the amount that you are giving. Yesterday, we broadcasted the communion service to the whole world. There is a TV station in the US that it costs a million dollars. And we broadcasted across thousands of stations all around the world. How much is the money that you give? When you calculate the total budget that we spend on a daily basis, like I said, you'll be very humble about what you are giving. And every day when you wake up, you'll be speaking in tongues so that you can have more, so that you can give. So that you can give in the trillions. We heard that the deep state guys, they are, go and read about the giving pledge. It's on Google. The giving pledge, that's the name. Go and read about it. Where men pledged at least 50% of their wealth. When they were giving it to Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they did not know they were giving it for COVID-19. COVID that was what they used to bankroll the, the, the COVID-19 last year. That's what they are still using. A lot of Christians are also in that list. Some of them have pulled out, but they were fooled into it. I would rather be fooled by a man of God than fooled by the deep states. Many Christians were fooled into it. They gave their wealth, over half of their wealth. Some of you are aware that the, the, the owner of Facebook at one point gave 90% of his wealth. What did he give it for? Have you asked yourself what he gave it for? 90% of his wealth. Go and check how rich he is and he gave 90% of his wealth. Some of us give tight of 10%. We are still arguing with God. Somebody gave 90% for the devil's work. I was telling somebody, I said, I would rather be fooled by a man of God that has brought life to me than believe CNN that is destroying lives. Every time I think about this, I actually get angry in my spirit because I must give all. I must give in this life. I must give in the billions. I must give in the trillions. And the Bible talked about the zillions because it said incalculable and unquantifiable wealth is what he has promised his children and what he has given to his children. Sorry, not promise, what he has given. He said offering up their gold jewelry to God. And anyone who had blue, purple, scarlet fabrics, fine linen, goat's hairs, tanned leather, and dolphin skins brought them. Everyone who wanted to offer up silver or bronze as a gift to God brought it. Everyone who had acacia wood that could be used in the work brought it. They were just bringing anything that they had that God needed. Brothers and sisters, God needs your talent. God needs your money. We, we are fighting with, you remember my post in the group, we are fighting with money. You can't be giving God 20% at this time. My pastor will say that you are accumulating money in one account, maybe a Bitcoin. You, maybe you have Bitcoins. You're accumulating it. They're already running into the millions. You look at it every day. You are rejoicing. If the rapture takes place today, you have become a top partner with the Antichrist. You left money here on earth for him to do his work. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? 
I would rather lay up my gold, lay up my Bitcoin, lay up my money, my dollars, my billions. I'll lay it up with God. So that when I leave this world and I stand before him, my seed will count. Everyone who had acacia that could be used in the work brought it. And the women skilled at weaving brought their weavings of blue and purple and scarlet fabrics and their fine linens. And all the women who were gifted in spinning spun the goat hair, goat's hair. The leaders brought onyx and other precious stones for setting in the effort and the breast piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for lamp oil, anointing oil and incense. Every man and woman in Israel whose heart was moved whose heart moved them freely to bring something for the work that God through Moses had commanded, that had commanded them to make, brought it a voluntary offering for God, Bezalel and Oholiab. Moses told the Israelites, see, God has selected Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. He's filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, ability, and know-how for making all sorts of things to design and work in gold, silver and bronze, to carve stones and set them to carve wood, working in every kind of skilled craft. Look at the word, every kind. God knew that Bezalel would use his talent for God. He was not the only one in Israel who had such talent. And he's also made him a teacher. He's also made him a teacher. When God gives you a skill, can you communicate it? Can you teach it? Do you hold it or do you spread it so that many people can do God's work? He and Oholiab, son of Ahisamak, of the tribe of Dan, He's gifted them with the know-how needed for carving, designing, weaving, and embroidery in blue, purple, and scarlet fabrics and in fine linen. They can make anything. They can make anything and design anything. I'm sorry that I've used more time than usual today, but God is talking to somebody. It was someone that designed the microchip that the devil is using in this end time. Now the man is a Christian and he's wishing he was not the one who designed it. There are many Christians out there working in many offices pioneered by the United Nations. I hope you guys know that the United Nations, it was not a system that was corrupted. It was founded from its foundation for satanic manipulation and orchestration. If a Christian, after listening to all that has been happening in recent time, is looking to do business with the UN, is looking to work in the UN, just know that you are looking to perpetrate and to help the work of the devil in this world. It was not a system that was corrupted. It was founded from its foundation for satanic work. Knowledge is profitable to direct. Wisdom is profitable to direct. I'm gonna hand over to Brother Martins now. We'll take the Pauline affirmation, then get ready for the communion. I did say that the Lord said anything as you desire it. It's not even, he did not say as you voice it. He didn't even say as you pray it. He said, as you desire it this morning, whatever you want for February, whatever has delayed that you want that miracle to this morning's communion will settle it. Over to you, Brother Martins. Thank you so much, esteemed sister Amaka. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connected from. We are taking our Pauline affirmation this morning. And um, the affirmation will be on your screen any moment from now. I'll kindly ask you to 
on mute as you take the affirmation. We take the affirmation by starting with our name. You say my, your name, and then you take the first paragraph, your name again, and then I'm granted according to Richie's, like that. At the count of three, kindly on mute. One, two, three. My name is John. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Okay, brother Jose and brother Martin, sorry, the others could not unmute themselves. You always need to check the settings. Yeah, so let's take it again. My name is my name is Thank you so much, Brother Martin. So quickly, we're going to take the communion. I don't know what you have there. You may not have the communion material. Maybe you don't have the bread and the normal wine that we use. Use something that you can break. If it is a biscuit, if it is conflicts, anything that you can break, get it. This communion is very important. Get whatever you can break. I'm going to give you a minute. Get something that you can break. A minute. Everybody get something that you can break. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For I received of the Lord 
1 Corinthians 11 from verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do this in remembrance. We do this proclaiming and declaring that everything that Christ gave to us, we enjoy in this life. Christ died, and when he died, his will for us came into effect. He handed over all his inheritance to us. He gave us everything that belonged to him. Therefore, I declare that everything that we ever require in this life, it is within the confines of the provisions of that inheritance. Therefore, it is this day, that desire, that thought, that anticipation, that dream is a reality by the power of the Holy Ghost. You said whatever we desire this morning, collectively and as individuals in this place are people who want to give such that they will lose count of how much they've given for the gospel. I declare that that desire is a reality by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the ministry of angels. Lord, if it will take angels to bring the money, if it will take angels to make the transfers in our name and in our documentation. If it would take angels, oh God, because the kind of monies that we want to do for the gospel, they are not money that dwell with men. They are not money that men can give us. The time has come, oh God, where as we speak in tongues, monies will multiply in our households. We are living in that time because these are the days of the immortals. These are the days of the supernatural. I declare, oh God, collectively today that in this house, our top ministry partners, in this house, our top kingdom partners, our realities for the kingdom of God. Oh, it's such that men has never seen before. They have never contemplated them before. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has he entered into the hearts of men what God would do with us in this time, in this month, in this year, and in this age. Thank you, Father, because it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. Break that bread. Break it. Break it and eat it. Whatever the bread represents to you. After the same manner, verse 25, also he took the cup. When he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do years off as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do to the Lord's death till he comes. There, Father, we thank you for the cup of the new covenant sealed in the blood of Jesus. We declare we declare inheritance. We declare a possession of all that belongs to us. We declare an enjoyment of our inheritance. There is nothing that Christ left to us for us to enjoy on this earth that we would not enjoy. We enjoy health. We enjoy abundance. We enjoy prosperity. We enjoy riches untold. We enjoy wealth in excess by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we enter into a new place of the reality of our inheritance and you said that grace has come grace is what we are experiencing every moment of every day by the power of the holy ghost in jesus precious name amen take the cup 
I want to say thank you to every one of you and thank you for your patience. Let's share the benediction, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, love of God. God. and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Oh, 